Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. You heard the man. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That is because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by your success because your stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your proper planning and your committed effort. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, entertainment, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and more importantly, how to live a balanced life. That's what this show is all about. I got two incredible guests. They're live in studio. Let me introduce them. First time meeting, but I feel like I know him because I've seen several episodes of this hot new series on NBC. My next two guests are live in studio, like I stated, from the Luke. I'm just I'm give it like one credit and attach it to their names. Uh, from the Luke Cage, a Netflix series, he plays Simon on the NBC midseason drama Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And from the Glee TV series, he plays Mo on NBC's new midseason drama. Yeah. Oh, just peace sign? No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mid-season drama, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. They are both talented entertainers, but they are also driven by their causes to create change. Alex Newell is a powerful voice in the LGBT teen community worldwide, and John Clarence Stewart is an advocate for the evolution of black and brown men and the innocence and education of black and brown boys. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, two of the stars of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist that airs Sunday night on NBC. John Clarence Stewart and Alex Newell. Yes. So how do I learn how to make money? Because <laughs> you ain't broke. You, I'm not broke. Somebody uh, not broke. Yeah. I'm not broke. Yeah. <laughs> I already told you about my bag. No, uh, you, uh, he did. Three of them. Three uh, of them in three different colors. But yeah, from London. Uh-huh. Okay. Not, from not, London. You're not just going to go to Macy's and get that bag. Can't nah. go to Macy's. So just, let, not you Linux? Know, you're not going to go to Linux? No, no. You, you, you just keep going. <laughs> you keep going. But get on a plane and know somebody. I know, know somebody. Know somebody. <laughs> you have to get on a plane and know and somebody. Know, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> my, my, I get all my, as they say, uh, they, uh, my, my suspenders. Uh, uh-huh. They come from London. Oh. Uh-huh. As you can do, I, I love my clothes. You, you know, also I love, love London. I, 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 <laughs> wait, no, that's one of my cities. Now, uh-huh. I, I, Paris is another one. I say. If, I, if I had to do it all over again, team, uh-huh. I, I probably would live in Paris because uh-huh. I love New York. And mm-hmm. Paris reminds me of New York. Mm-hmm. It's fast. It's great food. It feels very community driven. And so I probably would have lived my life out in Paris. Mm. So, but I've lived my life out in the United States. I love it here. I lived in Chicago. That's where I did uh, Steve Harvey's talk show. Mm-hmm. Oh, we launched it up there for five years. I love the cold. Lived in Los Angeles for fifteen years. I'm, I'm a Houston, Texas homeboy, mm-hmm. straight out of Fifth Ward. Okay, uh, Fifth We're now based in uh, Atlanta, doing this uh, incredible uh, money making conversation uh-huh. talk show. Uh, one of my clients, you heard him earlier, that's Stephen A. Smith. I'm um, his businessman. He ain't broke. You <laughs> got a trend going on here. And, and everything's good. So so when I bring individuals on the show, the, the thing I love about both you guys is you're, you're dynamically different individuals, but you're achieving the same success, changing the world. And, the, and you're, you're from an entertainment perspective, the show, we'll, let's talk about the show Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which airs on NBC. I've seen the first three episodes. And mm-hmm. uh, Simon, your character, you know, um, you know, which I love about it, I'm going to tell you a little bit back about me. I'm an old school guy. 
I love, I grew up watching Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Doris Day, I love to death. These are, so I'm a big musical guy at heart. Okay. You know, uh, in, in, in middle school, I played the saxophone, mm-hmm. B-flat clarinet. Okay. So I have a music background. Now, mm-hmm. I can't sing. My daughter is taking singing lessons. I don't know where she got that from. She said, Dad, I'm going to take singing lessons. Okay. She went and took a singing lesson. The guy said, come back. I said, okay, that's good. <laughs> he said, come on, come back. So that was a good sign for my daughter. A good sign for my daughter. So both of you guys are, I have to say, professional singers. So starting with you, John, uh, uh, leading that you have done a lot of physical activity, a lot of action shows. How did you get involved with this series? Um, I got involved with the series uh, through Jane. She plays lead. Absolutely. Um, we worked on a show together called What If? In the cast... At that time, we were all out having drinks one night, and uh-huh. um, she brought up this show that she was working on. And uh-huh. she said that they were looking for a guy to play this role. And then a friend of ours said, John, do you sing? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and she said, do you sing? I said, yeah. Uh-huh. And then she wrote something on her phone. And then the next day, my agent reached out to me and was like, John, do you sing? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere along the line on your resume, singing is not on your resume. I mean, it's just it's just not at the very top. <laughs> right, right, um, right. And so. <laughs> really? No, no, no. Because you know, I'm a former actor, so I know you put all those skills down there. Spanish, you know, I can cycle motorcycle and then singing is down mm-hmm. there oh singing i singing is on the resume uh-huh. um because i've done a few i've done a musical or two uh-huh. um not in a grand scale <laughs> i haven't done broadway right, right um right, i did right, a right. show called choir boy here in atlanta back in the day right right um but uh at that time uh, my agent sent me the script and when mm-hmm. my agent sent me the script mm-hmm. i read the pilot and right. it moved me um right. i lost my my pops 13 years ago mm-hmm. and so for me uh, the concept of the show, um, Zoe, played by Jane, being able to hear people's heart song and know what they're emotionally going through, right? Um, really connected with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Simon going through this grieving process is something that I feel is so unique and so specific and something that I could bring something to. Right. Um, it's something that black men, black boys, mm-hmm. um, black and brown alike, mm-hmm. men in general, everyone mm-hmm. needs to have uh, more examples of people giving themselves permission to feel. And um, with, this, with this construct, you know, there is no mask. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. much of what we do in the world is wear masks. Mm-hmm. Um, and Austin brilliantly created this, this show where we're getting to the heart of everyone, which is the thing that connects us all, I think, the emotional world. True. I'm going to just let you know that I am thoroughly impressed with this script. At first, when I got into the series initially, I went, okay. But after the third episode, I am I want to see four. I want to see five. You just wait. I, 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 I'm I just blown away. And then Alex, the next-door neighbor who plays the music loud, the the every episode you have a different hairstyle. Of course. Every scene I have a different hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. I go through five or six wigs and an episode. Mo. You play the character yes, Mo. Yes, Mo, the DJ, the eccentric, eclectic, loudmouth. Right, 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 yes. right. Yes, but how I got onto the show was... Um, and you come from Glee. I come from Glee. Mm-hmm. And so with that, the casting director of Glee uh-huh. um, pitched me for this show. And right. um, I had an audition for it and then it got canceled. And then I went straight to test. Uh-huh. And then I read the script and I was just like, oh my God, this is me. Right. Because it was all about what my love of music is. Mm-hmm. And I've been singing since I was two years old. Right. Um, and in Boston. I, in Boston. Right. Well, Boston, Alabama. My mom and my daddy from Alabama. Right. And so when my, grandfa- <laughs> my grandfather, my father died when I was six my mother used to ship me to Alabama each summer mm-hmm. 
so I really learned my roots. <laughs> um, and um, it's very culture shock going from Boston to the uh, Cottondale, Alabama. I, I know about it. Hello, about yeah, Cottondale. Okay. All right. mm-hmm. not even right. city. That's all we got. It. There's one street light, my One street whole street light, and really yeah, I've been there. And right. a whole Waffle House. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, my love of music, of growing up in church and doing Broadway and um, being a recording artist, it really spoke to that side of me, especially after Glee ended. Mm. Now, you know, the interesting thing about that, I, I saw a video. I try to do even depth. I try to learn more about the individuals who I talk to. Like, in one interview, you, you listed Jane as your friend. Yeah. You know, off, and, and it's a relationship that started on the show. Talk about that. You said you knew her from another show, and you guys were uh, out, and then she told you about the series. And I always talk about relationships. How did how did your relationship, friendship with her, Jane being the lead character on the show, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and Alex, your character is more, more on the show, the, mm-hmm. the eclectic, uh, the outlandish, <laughs> the over-the-top DJ. Yes. How did that relationship move off the, off the, uh, I guess, the screen into real life? I guess it started off screen before it went to screen. I mean, when we were in Canada, we spent more time together outside of the show than we did on the show because we don't spend a lot of time with each other working all the time. And we aren't in the same scenes all the time. And I think that's how we cultivated a working friendship. Mm-hmm. I think I've had so many dinners outside of the show with just Jane right. and just talking and getting mm-hmm. to know each other. Mm-hmm. And it makes everything on screen that much better. Authentic. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. And cause I'm hanging out with my friend mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. just saying lines. Mm-hmm. And that's what I take away. John, I look, you, you play a, a kind of semi love interest because she doesn't know. I, I, no, 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 no. Come on. Diane. I know you, I know you the referee, you know, she goes <laughs> from, uh, you know, Simon to what Max, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, she's always, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about that because you don't, because you have a fiance on the show. Yeah, this so, you know, this is the semi, you know, you're right, right. So, a you don't really know what's going on. It's a semi truck. But, but, but Mo kind of knows what's going on here. So, yeah. so you're the innocent bystander in there because, like I said, let, let's, let's, let's set up the series correctly, okay? Because Zoe's character, she goes in for an exam. I won't give the series away. And out of the exam, she's, she's struck with the ability to be able to hear people's songs that are affecting them emotionally at that moment. They, they can break out in a dance. They can break out into a, a solo. The whole coffee shop can just start dancing. Mm-hmm. The whole street can just break out into a whole number. and But nobody's seeing it but her. And when they stop, they just start walking off. <laughs> and so so she's really caught up in that moment. And so so that's really important when you, if, once you buy into that, you'll see it's important because the way her family dynamic is structured with her father his disability, her mom, and it established lanes of communication. But it also established the relationship she starts with Mo, and then when he starts breaking out just in a solo at the desk, that that yeah. builds the relationship there. And it so does. with that being said, John, how does that play out for you? Because, you know, you're, you're playing a character, you don't know what's happening, and you're just being you. But, but you... You kind of can do you. Are you sensing any type of emotional connection other than work, or she relates to your sorrow with your dad passing in the series, or what? I think the the word that comes to mind is intimacy, mm-hmm. and I think it's an intimacy is sometimes born over a long period of time, and sometimes born in a moment mm. um, when people when someone has an experience that's very unique, like losing someone and being in the process of losing someone or having lost someone themselves. Mm-hmm. There's a there's it's like being in a dome. And, and no one else is in the dome but you. Um, no one else's life is different but yours. Right. And then when Zoe 
um, confides in, when Zoe says what's going on with her father, um, Simon feels like there's someone else in the dome with him. Right. Though he has a fiance, she's never lost anyone. And that's a very specific kind of uh, experience. And it it was subtly said there, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because when you meet the fiance, she mentions the word wedding. Mm -hmm. And then also that little couple of sentences that you have with him, Make it feel like that relationship is kind of shaky. That was good writing right there. Yeah, it, it looks. You know, that's it was the like thing. It, it was like the door was open. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe she may, might be sliding over to Zoe. Zoe might have a shot. Because <laughs> I, I thought Zoe heard that in the series. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you go, oh, okay. Because remember, she, you know, she had the two ice cream cups and mm-hmm. she threw them in the trash. And when she realized that she was a fool for thinking there was an option here, because it wasn't an option. She overthought the situation. Mm-hmm. Then she runs to dear friend Mo over there. Me. <laughs> who kind of trying to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. with this yeah. music thing. Why do you believe her? Um, I think Mo at first thought this was just like a fun game. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> I genuinely think that Mo thought this was like a fun game. Like, oh my God, come here, crazy white girl. Let me help you out. Like, oh, I'm really high and this is funny to me. <laughs> but I think, and then as it grows, you learn that everything that Zoe is going through and saying and telling Mo is very true. Mm. Like it's not like she's making things up. She's like hearing these songs and then it's correlating to the person. Mm -hmm. And so you can't help but believe her. Right. And I think that Mo knows that without Mo, Zoe would be very lost in all of it Mm. because there is she Zoe doesn't have a relationship with music. So she doesn't know which what these songs funny, meant. Which is actually funny. Yeah. You know, because she claims, she, she screams at you about you playing loud music. Yeah, but she doesn't know anything about it. Right. Especially when she said that she's she giving thought this it gift. was Whitney Houston. Well, she can just see people singing on yeah. the spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. wasted on it. Wasted. <laughs> wasted on it. Wasted on it. Wasted on it. Wasted on it. And you say that too. I do, you a do lot. You say that a, a lot. A lot. <laughs> that should be the blessing should have been passed to it you. It should have been bestowed on to Not me. a tone deaf person. Hello. Let's talk about Glee because Glee was a groundbreaker. Yeah. I watched Glee. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Zoe. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I love Zoe. Mm-hmm. Enjoy Glee. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. The characters have so much pain. And then you have, uh, was Lauren Graham. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She's from the Gilmore Girls. Yes, mm-hmm. she is. Her character, you get it exposed. Mm-hmm. And um, Mary Steen, Mary, Mary Steen Steen Virgin. Virgin. Yeah, yeah. she plays the mom, uh-huh. yeah. Jane's mom on the show. Yeah. Of the father, uh, he's a he has a neural illness uh-huh. where he can't speak. Along the way, he starts to communicate much much better mm-hmm. yeah. in the series, and that's why his music plays a, such a vital role because it forces people who you thought you had no way of communicating or understanding them mm-hmm. and guiding them through the right paths to mostly get them right on the right path. That's why I'm falling in love with this series mm-hmm. because. You know, you can, you know, let's put it this way. If you just did the show at the office, it'd be a good show. Yeah. It's when you go to her House. family, yeah. when you go to her, her mom and, and, um, you know, I, uh, you know, I've dealt with my mom passing away. You know, mm-hmm. as people get old, they never pass away the way where you want them to pass away mm-hmm. because they physically, you know, they, they diminish physically. Mm-hmm. And so, and knowing that I've seen how, how that, that affects people. And then in this situation, it affects her mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even though she's in denial, and I think that is really important. It's very relatable, I think, to anybody who would watch the show. Absolutely. The music is just a bonus, mm-hmm. but the storytelling is amazing. So 
each, each one you can talk about that. We'll start with you, John, then move with to Alex. Because the storytelling, that's, that's such a beautiful story. You guys are telling every Sunday night on NBC. Absolutely. And, I, you know, the credit for that is that's Austin, man. That's the, that's the creator of the show. And, and he, I mean, the show is based on his life. Right. You know? mm-hmm. and, and I think there's a, there's a specificity and an authenticity to the story because it's coming from that soul space. Right. And you, mm-hmm. can't, you can't mimic that. You can't, um, you can't conjure that up. It's just, it's there or it's not. Mm-hmm. And when something is so specific, I think it makes it universal. Um, and it hits the vein or the cord or the, the nerve. And right. I think that's what you feel. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's the same way that, um, that's the way that like looking at my mother, right? After mm-hmm. my father uh, passed away, um, looking at the way that she is, her life is being, how she's navigated things, how she's, held us together how she's tried to um, maintain a sense sense of normalcy and then finding a new normal right you know it, it all of those things and that's, are that's important because that happens mm-hmm. with the uh, mary's character mm-hmm. it's is is accepting the responsibility that she can't let go yes and she can't ask for help and not feel like she's diminished her responsibilities absolutely and uh, there's a very key moment in episode three that uh that plays out that definitely uh sets just such the course of that relationship in a very positive direction because it was spiraling, spiring downhill mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a horribly uh, bad way for the family dynamic, Absolutely. you know. And I, like you said, there's some, some scenes, some episodes coming up that I'm going to get even more uh, excited about uh, in the future. So oh, episode four. So, Mo, you, that's your character, mm-hmm. that Alex, that you play. You play the character Mo, the, the, the DJ. Tell us about when, when somebody gives you a character like that to play, uh, do you do or do you do you limit what you can do with it, or you say, or you go to the producers and say, okay, what do you what do you want? What do you want me to give you with this character? I think it's a combination of both. I I always want to be like, what do you need from right. me after I right. give them what mm-hmm. I can give them, mm-hmm. and then change whatever they want depending on mm-hmm. the scenario or the topic. I think um, when I first had a meeting after the show got picked up. Um, it was, so we have this confident character that's very confident. confident. Where's the flaw? Where is the humanistic quality? Where is the realism? How do we make this character more relatable other than just being at 10 and confident all the time? And I gave them a plethora of ideas of things about where my flaws personally come in about being confident all the time. But I mean, I, and when I'm handing handed a character that is so larger than life it's it's always a challenge mainly because it's so hard to be at a 10 a majority of the time and right. not be like a trope or a jiminy cricket or a magical negro so right. mm-hmm. it's it's nice to like go in with the expectation of i can do all of that right, right. but i would like more of than right. that right. and i and what are the ways that we can get there? Well, you know, the interesting thing about your character, well, both of you guys' character, characters, because they're, they're distinctively different, but they play important roles in the series. One, one is emotionally guiding. That's your character. So emotionally guiding, potentially, Jane's character, Zoe, into a direction where she doesn't even know. She's just mm-hmm. trying to find herself because she's in denial with another lead actor on the show, mm-hmm. one of my favorite guys from the Pitch Perfect series. Mm-hmm. When I saw him, I went, I like this show because I really like him. He's a very talented guy, Absolutely. as well as an outstanding singer. Absolutely. And then, and then you have your character mode where you're trying to figure it out too. Girl, make a decision. Mm-hmm. You know, over here, this is not. And then, and then, the episode third, the episode uh, three ended with, 
well, I guess it's Team Simon now, <laughs> you know, because of the fact that you are playing a referee. Mm-hmm. And then when I look at your character, you say it's always on 10, but it's always on 10 because you're never right all yeah. the time. You know, so, uh, so that's your flaw. You know, you give out information. That don't mean it's the right information. Exactly. So that's a flaw. When you walked in the room talking about I got these three ideas and all three of them were crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> None yeah. of them made any sense, especially number three. I thought, what, what you, why'd she even think of number three? Yeah. Well, and so these are the, well, I can't give away the series. I'm just, I, I'm talking uh-huh. generic and I got to talk generic so everybody, what is Rashawn talking uh-huh. about number three? <laughs> I got to look at episode three to find out what number three is. Uh-huh. I got to find out what Team Simon is. I got to, who is that other dude? She, the pitch perfect guy. Who is he talking about that, that character? <laughs> That's right, on Sunday night. Season. Zoe's. Starting their playlist is an incredible series. Starting two of my friends here, so we, we keep elevating. You know, yeah, elevating my good friends, here. friends. You, you know, I can't wait family. to have my bag. Fa- fa- <laughs> family, get your bag. Family, family, get your bag. Family, get your bag. Come on, let's get. No, we're not. We're not getting that. We're not getting that. Because <laughs> my executive producer will beat me up. So, oh, okay. Let's okay. talk about. I, I started the show talking about uh, uh, you, what you guys do off. You, I say in your real world. You know. Yeah, and that committed effort. Mm-hmm. I'm a passion guy. You know, yeah. I always feel, I always pay it forward. Uh, uh, I'm being, forward, I'm, I'm being honored in my school uh, this Sunday at halftime because I'm making a big endowment mm-hmm. where every year, you know, it's, uh, three African American students who have scholarships mm-hmm. uh, in the in the um, STEM programs mm-hmm. forever. You know, it's, it's set up that way. I died and they threw a lot of dirt in front of, on my face and they still be giving away these three scholarships. Beautiful. And so that's part of the process. That's one of the things I do. HBCU, uh, you know, we set up last year. We registered 1,200 students on the spot, gave away almost $4 million in scholarships. Mm. So when I hear individuals who, we know how busy each one of your lives are, but still stop, pump the brakes and go, you know something, I got to do more. What drives you, John, in your cause or causes? Well, the, I think for me, what drives me is the things that have been struggles in my own life. Yes, sir. Um, and realizing that I, I want to be able to give boys the thing that I didn't have. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're an Atlanta boy, right? I'm an Atlanta boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my father was also, he was steeped in the community. I mean, mm-hmm. he started up a chapter of the NAACP in Gwinnett County. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother still runs it. And he, she works at Emory right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, I think that I didn't have, there wasn't a focus on emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. growing up as a young black boy. Mm -hmm. And as a black man, I think a lot of my process through going to therapy and different things like that Mm -hmm. has been acquiring the vocabulary for my inner world and learning how to make changes that are sustainable Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of boys don't have permission to do that because Mm -hmm. there's this idea of manhood that they're trying to hold up, which means they sacrifice parts of themselves along the way. Right. And they just, a lot of times they just need to know it's okay. They just need to see someone experiencing a thing that they feel Mm -hmm. and see that, oh, it's possible to do that. I'm human. I'm not less of a man. That's which is awesome. Now, Alex, when you look at your life, I mentioned... uh, but also, you're, you're, I'm a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. Mm. And when I read about you, you're involved with the American Cancer Society. What connects you with the American Cancer Society? Um, my father died of um, mm-hmm. cancer when I was six. Mm-hmm. And so it's just always been a part of my life. I just um, recently lost my best friend's mother mm-hmm. to cancer at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pastor of my church died of cancer. My best friend's mm-hmm. uh, mother died of mm-hmm. cancer right around the same time as my father died. Mm-hmm. And it's just always been this luminous fear of mm-hmm. what cancer is. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to have that fear follow me the rest of my life. So I got very involved in it all. 
When you say fear, what do you mean when you say fear? The fear of fear it of just what cancer is and just being so scared of it rather than trying to beat it. It mm -hmm. is. I, I, I always tell people when I was informed I, I had uh, cancer. You know, it's uh, you know, it's immediately the word death mm -hmm. dominates your conversation because I don't. You don't hear about. You don't, you're not concerned about survivors. No. You just worry about that's a finite moment in your life. And I tell people all the time. You know, just be prepared. Live your life. That's yeah. why, I'm telling you something, that's why I love talking to you two because, you know, I go through the resume. I got the success as an, as an entertainer, like success entrepreneur. I always like to dig deeper and what are you doing? What's the balanced part of your life? And you guys have a balanced life. And so, and we know we're all going to go. Mm -hmm. And so when it happens, how do you feel? And I, and I tell everybody, when it was, a, when the doctor announced it to me, I was shocked, but you know, I didn't, I didn't tell my family. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I just, I just took it all in, mm -hmm. and and when I when I finally took it all in, I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. If this was it, I was comfortable because yeah. I know what life I had led. I knew the type of people I affected. Yeah. You know, I drank all the water. Mm -hmm. You know, you gave me a glass of water, I drank it. I didn't leave no water. I, you try to get drink after me, you just will be drinking <laughs> an empty glass. <laughs> okay, and so and that's why I tell people to live your life. And so, so I just wanted to, you know, we're here to promote the show, but I want to tell you both: don't stop. You know, mm -hmm. don't stop. You don't you drain it. You know, squeeze it and live the life and be you. Mm -hmm. And it's important. And, and it's always great to have a, when I have two opposite individuals who are doing, doing things from a different perspectives but achieving the same goals. And that's changing this world because mm -hmm. we need so much help. And you don't have to put names on who's altering the cause of it because it's sometimes it's so, it's so organic. There's somebody right next to you that needs that support. And so don't change. Don't change. Don't, really, don't Thank change. You. Thank you. And, uh, I, you're not family yet, so you know, you're good. Dag Mabbin went my bag. Dude, I just want to let y'all know. That was a good speech I gave y'all. You I, did. I thought it, it was enough. And you it wasn't enough family. to get a bag, I can tell you that. But you know how they look. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, frozen fingers. She's getting up. She knows we're about to get this interview. Okay. <laughs> I got my two other stars. My man, John. Alex, woo! We just they, out here. I still want my bag. I, well, I know. Yeah, you, all I want is my you, bag. You, I'll give you the you, address. If you, your, I mean, your hairstyles was amazing. Uh, thank you. But I you did didn't myself. change it. But you didn't change your hairstyle in this interview. If you would have changed your hairstyle, because you changed it every episode, you changed it every scene on that show. You know that, right? I do know that. I do. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know that. I know that. Okay, cool. Zoe's extraordinary playlist. I got two of the stars. Guess what? They big time in the community, big time on the screen. Every Sunday night, check it out. I will be watching it. It's my show. It's a show that uh, makes me feel good, makes me think about my life. Also, it gives me values that, guess what? It's going to be all good. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you. This is Money Making Conversations. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversations, go to moneymakingconversations.com. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Keep listening, everybody. <clears throat>